listening to Vet Candy. Hi, I'm Caitlin Palmer. Thanks for joining me today. This is the Desk Winch Confession. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Caitlin Palmer, aka the Desk Winch. A desk winch is a profession very similar to a veterinary receptionist, only better. We deal not only with fractious felines and cranky canines, oh no. We overcome their human equivalents as well, Karen and Chad. On my show, we validate vets and their support staff, as well as any of you other amazing, beautiful folks listening. Today, I am so excited to welcome my first guests from outside of the United States. Who better than the doctors, Allison and Audrey Shin, the Aussie twins. Both have been veterinarians for 15 years. They went through school together. They opened their first own purpose-built vet hospital a few years after graduation. They sold that hospital nine years later and launched Aussie Mobile Vet, a unique mobile vet service in Sydney that brings the consult room to the client. They even have an onboard pharmacy, lab, and consult setup, first of its kind in Australia. They launched 21 Scrubs in 2021 with fashion guru and friend Rebecca Lau. All these ladies are working moms with two kids each and bonded over motherhood, business, and fashion. Frustrated with ill-fitting and impractical medical scrubs, they put their heads together to design a fashionable, stain and crease-proof, squat-proof scrubs. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Okay, so I love listening to y'all talk, and I'm sure you hear that all of the time from Americans, and you're probably so sick of hearing it. Well, I don't even notice that we have an accent anymore, but when we're talking to you guys, it it definitely sounds strange to listen to ourselves. (laughs) Really? Oh, that's fun. So I love that you put in there that they're squat-proof, that the scrubs are squat-proof, because I can't tell you how many times I have ripped my pants. Just a straight-up SpongeBob rip my pants. Mine always falls down. So you get a bit of butt crack showing there. So I love the squat proof because Mm, nice. (laughs) I think that was something that sort of came later, wasn't it, Alison? We we went for the crease proof and the hair proof and the waterproof, which all sounds great. Um and then when it came to designing, you know, little things like waistbands and things like that, you know, one of the one of the big things that comes up is that every time we bend down and most of the time I'm on the floor or I'm squat on the floor trying to wrangle a dog or a cat and we're just sick of seeing butt crats. So having a squat pant, I mean, it, it sounds really gross, but it's a real battle in our profession um, to just have that an inch higher so that you can do whatever you want and actually be practical in your job. I think, yeah, our pants are great. I love it for that. That's excellent. So did y'all always know you wanted to be vet? Or did it come later? I think we always wanted to be vets. We always loved animals and that was all animals. Um, We've grown up in a variety of different countries from um, Singapore, Malaysia and the UK. And so we're always like rescuing these injured animals and releasing them, always constantly begging our parents when we were little for, for pets. So it's definitely sort of, you know, when you know, you're kind of like that nurturing Um, personality that you just want to help and save everything. And the funny thing is, I don't think we ever had a conversation about what we were going to be. It was always just we were going to be vets. And I know everyone says at one point in your life, everyone's always wanted to be a vet. It's just something that we've said from the very beginning, from as far as I can remember. And when it came time to school and work and goals and applying for universities, it was just going to be vet. There was just no other option. And y'all, you went into vet school at the same time and you graduated the same class or? Went through everything together. Kindergarten, school, high school, university, lived together. And when we finally graduated, we actually separated for the first time and went and worked at different small animal practices, got our experience, which was great because we were able to kind of find our own feet on our own, get our confidence up. And we would always help each other. You know, when she was on call overnight, I'd drive to her practice and help her. And she did the same to me. So we were, there's no support like twins. We understand each other. So we'll go to all ends of the earth to help each other. And then I guess after two or three years working in small private practices, we came up with the opportunity to buy a warehouse and convert it to a vet hospital. And it was a big step because we were still reasonably new gratty, but we always had this strong want to be business owners. So we set that up together and having both 
of us as support people for each other. That was great. And so, yeah, it just all fell into place. Timing and, and having both of us doing things together is just great. And we even had our first kids together. Well, four weeks apart? Four weeks. We were pregnant at the same time. They're four weeks apart, exactly. We have so many, so many photos of us setting up the hospital together. And then I think it was only like a couple of months afterwards, Asim found out she was pregnant, totally unplanned. And then at the time I was like, hey, I think I might be pregnant as well. And so four weeks later, I confirmed it. So we were, we literally have pictures of us standing back to back looking, you know, the same, even when we were having kids, we had the same obstetrician. Uh, They were born four weeks apart. So our kids grew up together like brother and sister as well. So very 20 twins. Did y'all ever switch places? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) A very non-committal maybe, right? (laughs) Not anymore in our young years. I think it's harder now to switch places. Uh, But definitely when we were younger, we did a lot of pranking. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy makes learning fun with the most fascinating people on our planet. Our entertaining continuing education programs are made for your streaming world. Fabulous, fun, and free. Available on demand anywhere and anytime. Don't miss out. Subscribe today on iTunes, YouTube, or a platform of your choice. Or visit myvetcandy.com for more information. I don't have a twin and I'm kind of glad there's only one of me because I just don't know <laughs> that there needs to be any more of me. But I think that if I had a twin, we would do that. We would switch and it just, yeah. I think that's just the thing you have to do if you're a twin, you know? And I'm sure you didn't do anything like harmful, like try to scare your doctors when y'all are pregnant or something like, what do you mean? I'm only this far. <laughs> we freaked a few doctors out. Like our obstetrician was just blown away about us being pregnant at the same time and having the same kind of ailments, you know, at the same time. And then our teeth as well. Our dentists are always freaked out by our teeth because we're mirror images of each other and we're both missing, I think, our 12-year-old molars. We've got cavities in the same teeth. So there's a lot of freaky medical things. And then obviously we all have the same interests and we love the same things. So it's it's not a surprise that we're both vets. Absolutely. So who is technically older? Audrey. <laughs> I'm I'm the older one by one minute. Dr. Audrey's older. Okay. <laughs> For anything. <laughs> Does that ever come up in arguments? Like, I am older than you. Would never use that one. I don't I don't find it overpowering thing. It's just that's never come up. So let's talk about Australian animals because there's all of these memes about like Australia, where literally everything tries to kill you and you know, everything is has teeth and is poisonous and is horrible and Personally, I'm low-key obsessed with kangaroos. I think kangaroos are the coolest things ever. I would love to hear some kangaroo stories, please. Oh, well, that's one of our favorites, isn't it? (laughs) It's a very recent love. I think me and Aston have always been small animal vets. All our businesses are around small animal vets. And then in the, what we call it, the Black Summer Fires. So I think it was 2019. We were actually teaching Future Vet Kids Camp and all the fires were breaking out. And because we have a mobile vet service and our vans function like an ambulance, we have onboard oxygen. So we were called out to a few rescues during the bushfires. And then from there, it just developed. And kangaroos is a very new species for all of us, but we learned very quickly on the job and just kind of fell in love with the animals. They're a very misunderstood animal in Australia. Yes, they're an Australian icon. And yes, they have beautiful personalities, but they are also considered a pest in many. um, Yeah, I was going to say they're kind of vermin that I know a lot of them get hit by cars and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a horrible kind of thing to say, but you know, they, they are considered that way. And certainly when you work in certain rural areas, you know, a lot of people don't understand why you spend a lot of effort rescuing them, but an animal is an animal. And Asin and I always say that every life is a life worth saving. um, And that's what vets will do. So we actually started helping out all the animals. We ended up down south in an area called Bungandore. And we went down every weekend for 10 months. 
sacrificed every weekend to go down and treat all the kangaroos that were moved to a sanctuary for rehabilitation. And these burns we're talking about were really, really bad. They were down to bone, some of them. You know, we had mum kangaroos that were burnt pretty much head to toe. Um, the feet were definitely the worst, but burnt from head to toe to kind of rescue their joeys. And in particular, we had one mum called Indy, which Alison and I loved to death. And she was burnt, you know, all her ears have got holes through them because she actually ran back through the fire to get a joey. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about the American firefighters. They were in a plane and they crashed. And they actually crashed near a sanctuary where there were kangaroos. So this whole enclosure set on fire and Indy's baby was in the enclosure. So she ran through the fires. Her baby jumped into her pouch and she ran back through the fires. So she actually burnt like all areas of her body just running through. Her her ears are completely burnt through. There's actually holes now through her ears. Like Swiss cheese. Oh, I love this kangaroo. So she made it. Her joey's fine. And we released pretty much all of them in October. And then after that time, because we love the work so much and, you know, you just fell in love with, with the people and wildlife and the animals and wildlife, um, we were asked to help set up a hospital in a kangaroo sanctuary. So we set that up last Christmas. We got the approval from the vet board and we pretty much go down now every four weeks and do all the wildlife in the area. So I'm actually going down this weekend and we do something like 22 to 24 procedures over two days. It's just hectic because all the um, wildlife carers come in. We see kangaroos and wombats that are hit by a car, shot by a gun, trapped in a fence. And it, it just makes the work interesting. And I think after 15 years in the vet field, you kind of are looking for excitement and you're also kind of looking for that heart job that makes you feel good about yourself because you you pretty much know how to do everything. You're confident with everything. You want to do something that makes you feel good again. Um, and so finding this, this different species to work on and, and finding, you know, it just feels good to rescue an animal that is often misjudged and overlooked. Um, and so I think that joy is definitely still there. It's a big part of both of us. You know, we love doing it. We sacrifice all our time just heading down there now and treating as many animals as we can. So, yeah, you have to come and see the kangaroo sanctuary. You're going to be blown away. I would love to. I'm on my way right now. <laughs> it's beautiful. They have they have so many kangaroos and cares and baby joeys. And then the hospital is constantly buzzing all the time. But there's something still so special. I mean, you walk in and you, you think they're a wild animal, but they really do give you lots of love and they're really responding um, and when we walk through the sanctuary doors, I can literally call out names like Indy or, um, you know, their names individually, Steph, and they'll come running up to you and they'll like nuzzle into you and they'll want you to scratch their chin. Indy's still there or Indy's released? Yeah, some of them are still there. Some of them can't be released uh, because they've had um, severe injuries. So they stay in a really protected sanctuary. So Indy's actually still there, but pretty much all the rest of them were released. And unfortunately, during that time, we had COVID hit. So every vet had to exit. Yes, I was going to say the world just kind of shut down right after. 2020 was garbage. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we even noticed the world shutting down because we were so busy trying to save everything. And we were so, I, I couldn't remember what day of the week it was. It was just work, work, work. So I think we didn't even notice what was happening in the world because it was so bad where we were. But then every vet had to exit and all the international help exited. And we were left in a position where... We had, I think, 20 kangaroos, 22 kangaroos in the sanctuary that still needed bandage changes every week, and there was no vets left to help. So Arsene and myself and Aussie Mobile Vet Team, we just sacrificed every weekend and just drove down the three hours and did it every weekend because there was no one else to do it. I think the important thing too as well is that everything is like volunteer, like the vets are volunteers, the nurse are volunteers, the people that work in the sanctuary are all volunteers. And, you know, there's just like when like-minded people come together, like really, you know, compassionate, animal-loving people that you know are sacrificing time with their families or whatever to be there. It just makes it um, more special. And I think you form this bond and this connection. And I think that's what's so magical about the place, besides the fact it's in the most beautiful part of the world. It's just that connection. And like Audrey said, there's something I think people don't understand about kangaroos. Obviously, you know, it's kind of considered a pest but an odd thing happens when you consider an animal a pest it somehow gives people the feeling that they can you know kill them in the most inhumane way uh, or cull them in the most inhumane way yeah and that's why I really don't like that word um because it doesn't matter I mean even if if they do have to be called for whatever reason it should be done in a humane way whether it's a pest, whether it's a life um, and I think that's where 
the misconception lies. And I think where most of, you know, kangaroo lovers or wildlife lovers get, you know, kind of stuck is, you know, it's it's still an animal life that you have to treat humanely. And kangaroos are really weird. They're like humans. I don't know if you've heard of kangaroo care in like human mothers. So you know how when, when babies are incubators, they take them out and they put them on your chest and they call it kangaroo puddles. And it comes from because kangaroos are like the most protective, loving mothers, and they will do anything at all costs to protect their joeys, like probably even more than a human. And if something is happening, like if they're in danger or they know that they're dying or, you know, they're not going to make it, they throw their joeys out of their pouch. And all the aunties and family, because they all recognize their family, they know who's their mother, auntie, grandmother, second auntie, will come and grab that joey, pop it in the pouch, and save it. And that is how, like, they're so family-orientated. It is absolutely ridiculous. And you know what? We we never knew this because when we came to Australia, you know, we wanted to be vets and that's what you concentrated on. Wild animals were cool. But since working with them and in the fires and, you know, getting to know their personalities and spending, you know, two years constantly with them, I think, you know, I feel bad that we misjudge them. I thought they were just a wild animal, but they really are family oriented. They're, they're a bit like dogs. They love, they protect their young. And even when you watch them in the wild, like, you know, when we have breaks in the hospital, I'll go and sit outside and all the kangaroos come over to you. You can see even the way they they interact as a, as a group is, is quite remarkable. Like when we put out food for them, the males will stand at the back and make sure all the females eat first. And then when they're done, they'll go eat. And I'm like, you know what? They know how to do it better than humans. <laughs> but you know, like, there's just these little things they do, and you just, you just honestly can't believe it. Like, you know, when when we separate a joey from a mum because we have to treat the mum, the joey will cry or do this special kind of cry for its mum. And they're very just, yeah. I mean, their their family ethics are better than ours, I, I reckon. And you know, we've just got a whole new respect for them. And it's just sad because a lot of the time we're dealing with fence hangers or gunshot wounds and they're not and it's terrible it's it's really really terrible that's funny like yesterday I was spending time with camels we had to do this shoot for Bondi vet at a at a camel farm or sanctuary and they also rescue wild camels and camels are considered an introduced pest we'll be right back with more vet candy Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso, and I'm here to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy TV. You can learn all about how to take the best care of your pets. Stream at My Pet Candy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. Are there wild camels in Australia? They rescue wild camels. So they're introduced, um, but they're considered a pest. Um, but this farm is remarkable in the way that they, one, save the camels. But two, they also like get products from them. So they milk the camels. You can milk a camel. You can get camel cheese, camel ice cream, camel milk. I actually had salted caramel, camel milk ice cream yesterday at this farm. And it just tastes like milk. It, so if you're, lactose, if you're dairy intolerant, you can have camel milk and you won't react to it, which I am. So I didn't react to it at all. Had camel feta. But the most interesting thing about camels is they also recognize their camel, that little calves cry. And camels sound like prehistoric dinosaurs. They growl like a dinosaur and the little baby ones do like baby dinosaur cries. But the mother is so damn protective. Like if they hear their like little baby cry, they will like charge over. They don't care who's there and they will protect this little calf till death. They actually get this, are pregnant for 10 to 15 months. They can also hold their babies inside if the environmental conditions are not great for it to be born yet. So they can hold their babies inside. And like us, they can't produce milk or lactate unless they have a calf next to them. So the calves stay with them for 12 months. Can you imagine breastfeeding for 12 months? <laughs> how big are they? How, how fast do camels grow? Like how, how, how big is a one-year-old camel? Yeah, so they are born at 35 to 40 kilos. They can't feed by themselves. So they have to feed off mum. And generally they will stay by mum for about 12 months. Um, and then mum will be pregnant again, obviously, because it's a, a farm that produces milk. 
and we did get to see a mating. Ooh. Asin sent me some camel porn last night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, why are you sending me this? Making. And the, the male camels have this like dula, which is like this pouch that comes out of their mouth like a bubble, like a huge bubble, so that they can make this growly groan, which they do. You went from painting a really cute mummy baby picture to now something that I don't want to imagine. <laughs> like, there's like camel drool all over the female's head during that. It's absolutely fascinating and gross at the same time. I, I don't think I'd be able to look away. I think it would be one of those things where you're like, oh, that's awful. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, I hate that. What are they doing? <laughs> what is coming out of his mouth? Is he supposed to do? I'd be calling y'all dog. Is that for normal? If you've never seen a little bit of animal porn, are you even in the vet field? Like, come on, you know? <laughs> Yes, it's fascinating. <laughs> it is. So when y'all were doing mobile service, so I guess you didn't really have, well, no, I guess you did have the owners in the room with the pets. Do you still get that same kind of extra client, extras in quotes, like they're not happy no matter what you do? I think definitely I enjoy the mobile vet side a lot more because I think people are a lot happier. Um, I think they, they appreciate the fact that you come to their home, you're coming at a time that's convenient to them, and you save them all that initial stress of getting the cat in the carrier, getting it in the car, and waiting in the waiting room. Um, so it's almost like you, you're going on their time. So people are a lot nicer. I really haven't encountered half the amount of diff difficult clients as we did in clinic. Difficult. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I couldn't find it. Yeah. And you kind of sift through the difficult clients already through the bookings. I mean, we're a little bit more of a premium service. So it's a bit more pricey. So the type of client we get is willing to go a lot more. So that's that's a lot ha happier medicine for me because we can go a lot further and do a lot more diagnosis, which I enjoy. Um, but then saying that, that comes with its own kettle of fish because if you've got a client that's willing to go to all ends of the earth, we know what that client can be like. They're the ones that you have to call all the time. You have to explain. You've got to email them. So we do have OTT clients, we call them. But like I always say to the girls, I mean, yes, they're OTT. Yes, they can be quite demanding and they're full of questions, but it still beats the client that arrives and has no money and doesn't want to do anything while their pet's suffering. So I'd still rather deal with that client um, and just kind of phrase the way I say things and do things a bit differently and explaining things to them. Um, and it, I still enjoy that aspect of the work more. And I guess going into people's houses and going to their home, you get to meet the whole family and people kind of change their perspective of you. Yes, you're the professional vet, but you're also Auntie Audrey or Auntie Allison. And they always want to give you a cup of tea. We get a lot more gifts at Christmas. You know, you almost feel like kind of like the distant auntie that they use for their pets. So I really, really enjoy that aspect. It's a huge difference to working in a clinic. Oh, that gives me warm fuzzies. That's so sweet. Yeah, it's warm fuzzies. You know, just the other day, I've been seeing a client now for seven years. I've watched her little girl grow up. She's a, she's a little bit younger than my girl. And we always talked about babies and she has seven animals at home. So I'm always there. And the little girl, Lucy, went to her preschool, had a preschool graduation and her mum was emailing us to tell us that she was graduating and she wants to be a vet. So Alison and I surprised her at a preschool graduation and and went to visit her and she was just blown away and she dragged us up on stage and took pictures with a little graduation hat. So things like that. I mean, we've got clients that, you know, you become that close to and their families love you. And now this little girl's coming to our Future Vet Kids Camp that we run as well. So yeah, it's just the job is way more enjoyable. It means so much more. And I would not go back to in-clinic after doing this. Yeah. Yeah, really. That sounds Awesome. So y'all stay very, very busy. Do you ever, what, what do you like to do when you're not working? If you're ever not working, are, are any of us ever not working? I like to be a mom when I'm not working. <laughs> so I've got a 12 year old and I've got a three year old. It's a big age gap there. So they keep me very, very busy. The 12 year old female is definitely um, a lot of attitude and a lot of work study wise. And then the three year old's a little boy. So you know what that's like, constant zooming around the house, you know, you never sit still for two seconds. There's no such thing as an enjoyable beach day because he's going to drown. or Right. Have to try <laughs> you got to put him on a leash, huh? 
he wants to die. I have to basically be on die watch with him. I take him to the park. He's like, he can't walk in a straight line. He's going to jump off every rock. I'm like, it's no shit. He's like, hmm, how can I stress mom out today? Yeah, yes. Mom struggled to keep you alive, child. So, yes, that's what I do on my time off. And then I try and make that time off as fun and relaxing for everybody. So, yes. What about you, Dr. Allison? Well, I think I ha- I'm a little bit in a different situation that my kids are slightly older. So I have a 12-year-old, which was our first that we had together. And then I have a seven-year-old. So they're pretty much self-sufficient. They've got past the every day is a milestone when one of them hasn't injured themselves or tried to kill themselves. <laughs> There's a family tradition here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we can do things on a weekend like that. Obviously, there's a lot of sport, but it being in Queensland, the weather is glorious all year round. Like our winter is sunny. Can you not notice you're sitting in a singlet, brown, and yeah, Y'all are both tan and gorgeous. Is it cold there? Oh, it is cold there, isn't it? Storming. But I got sunburned yesterday with camels and I got bitten by camel mosquitoes everywhere. Yeah, I'm so itchy. It's unbelievable. So we tend to go to the beach you know, be by the ocean, you know how they say about the negative ions is like stress relieving and they can run and I can just sit there and have my in my picnic basket and be semi fine. So we like to do that sort of things, but we're quite outdoorsy. My family, I I think my whole family's got ADHD or something. We cannot sit still. Um, So outdoors is great for us. And that's what we tend to do in our in our spare time. And as I said, besides everything trying to kill you, Australia is really great for that. Outdoor adventure, Just don't go in the water because we do have salt water crocodiles. Great whites are in Australia too, right? Great whites. Great whites. We have irukandji. Have you heard of irukandji jellyfish? No. What is that? It's a jellyfish the size of my fingernail that will kill you. And there's a blue ring octopus that can kill you. It's really cute. It's beautiful. Like to pick it up. Mm, It's very, if you Google it, it's beautiful. You want to pick it up, but it can kill you. We've got blue bottles. They can't really kill you, but they really hurt. You just get really good at negotiating things that can kill you. Right. You have to in Australia. Yeah. (laughs) And your kids are always trying to kill themselves. It's just a constant struggle to survive. (laughs) That's right. So in my spare time, I try and stay alive. Okay. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Thanks, 2020. And COVID, oh my gosh. It makes work very interesting when you're a mobile vet, but you know. I was going to say, did that, did it, does business slow down or was it, because here it was insane. Like everybody got puppies. Yeah, yeah. We had the COVID pandemic pet. So I was just venting to ask them this morning going, I'm, I'm struggling to breathe. You know, at work it's, we had the COVID pandemic puppies and kittens. And then we had the rescues and then we had everyone at home with their pets watching things. So every little ailment they were calling. Um, and then on top of that, you got your palliative care patients. So we were just bombarded. Like I was saying today, my next available appointments in three weeks. And if anybody is a really good client, I literally have to work overtime to fit them in. So it's a bit of a crazy time for us. And then obviously amending our protocols to make everybody safe because we're mobile. So if anybody contact traces us, you know, they're going to be like, where the hell did these girls go? They went to the North, they went to the East the south you know so we don't want to be a a mass spreading event so we have to wear like the full ppe um we were doing pet only for a while which means that the pet comes into the van and the and the clients stay outside the van it's reverse curbside yes reverse curbside oh my gosh i love that we basically did that and then now we are allowing one person to van if they're double vaccinated so I was saying heads up to my girls because having to explain the protocols on the phone, I listened to them on the phone going, so we've had an update on our protocol. We are allowing one vaccinated person to the van with their pet. You have to show us a vaccination on arrival. If you're not vaccinated, you have to stay outside the van and we can video. So there's this whole spiel just to book somebody in and then you've got the one or two backlashes about not being able to come in. Yeah, and then home euthanasias is another interesting thing that we had to get around during as well. So yeah, I mean, difficult time for everybody and just trying to stay sane and keep your family safe. So. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet 
Vet Candy IRL is an exciting podcast from the hearts, minds, and mouths of Shannon Gregoire, Tatiana Rogers, and Lexi Rodriguez. The show celebrates inspirational role models and focuses on empowerment and equality. Check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and more. So my favorite movie growing up was Dot and the Kangaroo. Y'all know Dot and the Kangaroo? Oh, I don't know. What is It's really cute. It's this little girl and she gets lost and she's out in the bush and the mama kangaroo comes along and she's missing her Joey. It, it's really cute. I recently rewatched it as an adult and there it was, they mentioned the bunyip. And the bunyip scared me so bad as a kid. And they have this little song about it because like there's this this scene where it's a storm. So Dot and the kangaroo go in this little cave and there's Aboriginal like cave drawings. And, you know, it's like, oh, the bunyip. And it's this whole like scary song. And my brother used to mess with me and play it on his guitar and sing it to me. And I'd start screaming and my mom would come running in and she'd be like, Johnny, stop it. You're making your sister upset. And then I'd be like, Johnny, will you sing it again? And then I'd sing it again. I still like scary stuff. So I was still like, I'm kind of fascinated by the bunny. I'm 31 now. And I'm just now where I like listen to stuff about the bunyip. And it's so different than how it's portrayed in that movie. Do you have any bunyip stories or is it just kind of an urban legend? No bunyip story. In fact, I haven't even watched the movie before. So I've just written it down. I'm going to watch it after this. Well, tonight you can watch it with your kids or you can't watch it with your kids. It's scared, but it was just that one part that scared me. It's kind of sad because you never really get any closure about the Joey. So, yeah, I think it's implied that it was shot, but I don't remember well enough. And there's like a little, I think he's a little singing platypus. It's just, it's, it's cute. It's cute. It's like all the critters in the bush and it's cute. It's cute. Oh, I have to watch it. Well, I guess that's a real thing of life here that they do get shot and Joey's get shot. Why are people garbage? I mean, some people are just literal garbage. Yeah, we've seen some pretty nasty things in the hospital. So, yeah, there are some strange people out there. Do you get the same kind of eccentric pet owners that are a little... Yeah, I mean, in the wildlife, we definitely get wildlife-eccentric people. I kind of like wildlife-eccentric people. It's kind of like the crazy cat people? It's like the crazy cat people. And, I mean, the only thing eccentric about them is that they'll go to all ends to help their wildlife. And sometimes they're very passionate about it. And again, as eccentric as they are, I can't really fault passionate people and people that want to do good in the world. So yeah, we, we kind of connect over that. And I always say vets are a little bit strange anyway. We're a different kettle of fish, definitely big hearts, very self-sacrificing. So yeah. I think we have eccentric, like crazy eccentric, like um, trying to do well by their pet, but Probably not fur baby eccentric. And then we just have the damn right weird. I remember when we had our hospital, we had this poison that people put out to kill the rats. There's rats called rat sack and it, it it can really, really cause problems for animals. So this this owner, I think it was a boxer. Do you remember Audrey at our hospital? And um, the, she'd seen the dog eat the rat, not the rat sack, but the rat. So we thought, okay, well, the easiest way to get over this, just in case the cat, the rat had eaten some poison, is just get him to vomit because it'd been less than an hour, like emptying time, an hour plus routine. So we give this dog some apomorphine, out comes the wrenching. I can't watch the wrenching and the like, that almost, in a kitty litter tray, the dog completely vomits everything up and of course the whole rat comes out the tail the nose the whiskers everything has come out it was awesome that would have been great tv it was like the full-on rat like it never got bitten to obviously doesn't chew his food he just like swallowed it and there's my daughter she goes oh rat out of the mouth I'm like yes honey don't tell your teacher about this nothing to see here and then I'm like just go go back back don't tell anybody what you see here because this could be misconstrued just go over there Hi. <laughs> whenever we remove teeth, whenever we remove foreign bodies, and this rat is obviously a foreign body, we keep it so we can show the owner, you know, this is what you pay your money for. It, they're definitely not a rat. So I put it in a plastic bag and the lady comes back and she's with her partner. And I said, yeah, yeah, we got the rat. We got the entire rat. She goes, did, you, did it have the whole rat in there? I'm like, no, it was the, the whole entire rat. 
she just kept quizzing me about it. I'm like, would you like to see it? Okay, yeah, I would like to see it. So I go to the bag, I get the plastic bag. She has a look at it. Her boyfriend has a look at it. They're absolutely fascinated. She goes, do you mind if we take it home? What were you going to do? You've got to put it somewhere that your dog's not going no, no, no. I just wanted to show my mom and dad when I get home. I said, okay, but please dispose of the wrap properly because your dog will eat it again. Can you imagine like you're checking out and you're like, oh, my purse is in here somewhere. And you just start like taking stuff out and putting it on the counter. Like, oh yeah, dead rat. And then like, here's some like snacks and like, what? I think sometimes, sometimes my bag looks like that after work. And then I come home from work and I dump everything on the table and I've got these history jars. They have lump ticks, whatever it is, teeth. And I mean, like, I've been kind of struggling with like the wording of eccentric crazy people because we call them Karens, like just crazy mean people. But y'all, y'all call them something different, or do you? I think we do call like uh, during the COVID, they came out with a lot of phrases for Karens, and they were like, we well, do call it Karen here as well, or Sharon. We have Chazel. It sounds really weird, but you get used to it when you're here, and then it just becomes normal. Like afternoon is now Arvo. So we like to just shorten, shorten everything. So now when I'm talking and now I'm used to it, the first time you go, you want to say, oh, you know, we'll call you in the afternoon. Now I go, oh, we'll call you in the Arvo. I'm like, Ooh, that still sounds really weird. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm a very bad Australian. I'm a very bad Australian. <laughs> so tell me, y'all have some exciting news. You have a reality show coming out. Is that right? We are part of a show called Bondi Vet. So Bondi Vet is now seven of us. So it used to be Chris Brown and now they feature seven vets around the whole of Australia. So Alison and I are the mobile vets on the show. So we're into our third season now. So we're actually filming the third season as the seven of us. And that's been going really well. It's great because it features the work we do. It literally is reality. So you're seeing real life cases and us working it through from the beginning. Yes, I mean, there's a bit of filming, so you have to repeat things. But it's pretty much accurate of what we do every day. Um, and I, I love that. I love that people get to see what we do and see our point of difference. Um, and so I think that's a, that's a big part of our, our job love at the moment, to be able to be featured on a show and, and show what we do, as well as, you know, the kids stuff that we do and wildlife. That's so important. That's so important. And hopefully you can inspire future generations too, that these animals aren't pests. They're not less alive because there's a lot of them, you know, they're, they're individuals and we love them. Yeah. Ass is doing some pretty cool stuff at the moment because they, they've had easier restrictions in Queensland. So she's done camels and used some koala stuff. Yeah. Cause we've been separated since COVID cause I'm in Queensland, Audrey's in New South Wales. It's only about a, a nine to 10 hour drive away, but because our borders are shut, I haven't been able to get to Sydney and she hasn't been able to get to Brisbane as much to film together. We usually film the mobile vet stuff together, whether that's small animals or kangaroo sanctuary stuff. So they've really had to make stories in each state. Um, So I've been doing a lot of stories with rescue organizations and sanctuaries, just going in as the visiting vet, treating a case or helping their vet with another case. So it's been quite a bit of a different angle since COVID with Bondi Vet, but there are six to seven of us and we all have a different field in the veterinary science space. So you've got the after hours emergency, you've got a zoo vet, a wildlife vet, a rescue shelter vet, then you've got us as the mobile vet. So it, it's it's a very interesting show. It's a family show. Kids can definitely watch it, but it does open up their eyes into the different parts of the profession and how each one differs from each other. And also obviously the bit of the personality behind the vets that were not all just, you know, nerds that work all day, every day. There is humor inappropriateness at times. <laughs> well, as there should be. I mean, you can't work at a job where you literally get pee and poop on you and not have kind of a sense of humor. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Quincy Hawley, and I'm here to tell you about a new show. It's Vet Candy Rounds with the Hawleys. That's right, Dr. Tierra, the love of my life, and I have teamed up to bring you the most fascinating cases in the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or a podcast platform of your choice only on Vet Candy Radio.
speaking because we're all very mature and we're all very professionals. This question has been brought to my attention and I'm so glad we started talking about this. I have it in my notes and it's in all capital letters. So kangaroos technically have cloacas, right? Mm -hmm. So can they fart? Yes, they can. Because within the cloaca, there is there is a rectal part and a non-rectal part, and certainly they can. We've actually figured out the best way to me- measure SpO2 and heart rate with your pulse oximeter is to actually put it through the cloaca on the butt side. And we do get a lot of through that side. Yes, definitely they can get gas is the answer to your question. Uh, they definitely poo little pellets uh, and pee. Yeah, there are two different tracks there. So yes, gas comes out with the poo occasionally. Although, what about koalas? Koalas can fart too, then, right? I would think that they can fart too, and it's quite fascinating. When I was at the sanctuary, they were teaching me how to examine because obviously you can't touch and feel every wild koala, but you can do a lot of examination from their poo, from aging them, seeing their diet. You know, all the koalas have more fibrous poo, so you literally have to, like, pull the poo apart and then it's more fibrous and it's more skinnier. Um, you can even sometimes kind of see if it came from a male koala or a female koala. It's fascinating. And wombats have square poo. And then they pile them all up in a little, like, tower usually and they're little square. It looks like little ice cubes. Are you for real? That's really a thing they do? They really do square poo. And, and wombats are the cutest thing. Whenever a wombat comes in, we go crazy. We've had a few baby wombats come to the sanctuary that have lost their parents, lost their mum, and we raise them pretty much from young. And what they like to do is we take them for walks every afternoon and they follow you between your feet. So you'll see on our Instagram, there's a few videos of us walking and the little wombat will be in between our feet going in and out. And if you start running, they start running. You go in zigzags, they go in zigzags. They just follow your feet like they would with mum between their feet. And it really is the cutest thing. They're so sweet when they're young. They do turn naughty when they're teenagers, but when they're young, we put them in little baby carriers as well and walk around the hospital. (laughs) Oh, can I request a transfer to Australia? (laughs) Can I come work with y'all? Yes. (laughs) I was showing my husband a video of of wombats and he's like, we need to get one of those. It's like, no, you can't just get a pet wombat. You do need to get one for a while. Oh my God, they're just the cutest things to to raise and to look after. And they're very loving when they're young. When they're older, they're not, but when they're young, very cute. Just like kids, right? Like, come on. Yeah, you know, they go to the phase and then they go feral. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. This is so much fun. Before we go, we need to talk about your scrubs because these sound like the perfect scrubs. And I'm assuming you don't have to be in the veterinary field to have them. Nurses, other healthcare professionals can benefit from these scrubs. Yeah, we actually had um, a few hairdressers, um, dog trainers, dog walkers, like different professions, groomers. We didn't actually think it would be something suitable, but I suppose because they just look like smart professional wear, Um, that you really could just wear them out and no one would know that it was a scrub top or a scrub bottom. But that's the most ironic thing about our profession. I mean, we're professionals as vets. You know, we've got that kind of, uh, we've got to get the public to trust us. You know, we're performing surgeries on their animals, but we dress up in pyjamas covered in poo and wee and hair all day. There's the professionalism, but we don't look the part. And I think that's kind of where the scrubs came in. And when we started filming Bondi Vet, we were like, we need to get some better outfits. Like we literally look like frumpy people on screen. Uh, and just watching us in the first couple of seasons, I'm like, nah, we've got to get new outfits. So we started just researching whether we could make our own scrubs. And um, we really wanted waterproof scrubs because we are literally all covered in poo. All and day. then you get pee on your bra because the puppy peed on your chest. Probably it's the most hygienic thing to have urine on where you urinate. But, you know, like people don't, people don't really talk about this stuff, especially as I think other uh, scrubs have gone crazy with like dentists as well. But definitely in the vet world, we get all sorts of stuff on us and it's gross stuff. And a lot of people don't know that. The other day I was aspirating a cyst and it just went crazy. It was like the cyst from hell. And it just soaked me completely through to my underwear, a cyst on the neck. And, you know, I go home and I tell people this and they're like, oh, really? And I guess that also, you know, what Aspen was saying, you know, we're professionals, we go to uni for a really long time, we do surgery, we do anesthetic, and then we we dress up like we're 16-year-olds in pyjamas. And it's it's a little bit of the way that we are. Vets are really, I think, humble people. We just do what we do. We don't really care what we look like. 
But then certainly seeing ourselves on TV and thinking that we looked, well, I thought we looked really terrible and frumpy. I think we do deserve to look good. I think we do deserve to, you know, if we have that rare time where we can pop out for lunch, that we don't feel like the gross person sitting in the corner in pajamas. Or if I pick up my daughter from school, I don't look like I'm actually doing school pickup in her pajamas. I'm literally coming from surgery and I want to look good. So it's it's something so simple and so superficial. But when you put them on, you know, all my staff, I can see a change in their demeanor. They feel great. My nurses go out in their jumpsuits. I'm wearing my jumpsuit now, but they go out in their jumpsuits after work. One of my nurses went on a date in her jumpsuit, you know, because she she thinks she looks so great in it and it looks amazing. It doesn't look like workwear. So just to be able to have that empowerment on that side is is really great. And they are slimming and they look great. And it doesn't matter what happens to them. You can just brush it off and it always looks smart and clean and fresh. The benefit is, I think, Rebecca Lau was very instrumental in getting us into the fashion part of it because we're vets. God, I have no idea about factories, manufacturing, styling, waistbands. All, all we said was like, we want it waterproof. We want it stainproof. We want it furproof. I want to be able to wash it at nine o'clock at night and it be dry by 1 a.m. the next morning and not have to iron it. This is what we wanted in bullet points. And then we sort of handed this to Rebecca and she's like, this is fascinating. We can find something. And what started off just like a research you know, we were getting material from the factory and would go over to Audrey's house for dinner because we're all friends outside of work. Our kids are all friends. We went over to Audrey's house for dinner one day and um, we got out all the swatches of the material and we're running around, a few Proseccos later, mind you, running around Audrey's kitchen looking for all sorts of things. We could stain up these materials and test if it worked. We had tomato sauce, soya sauce, sriracha. We had red wine and we were pouring it on and testing them all out and we literally found the perfect material that was same we could wash it and the tomato sauce would just come off it had like a four-way stretch and so that became like our core material and then with the design I think Audrey definitely knew she wanted a jumpsuit you know like with large animal work we have the um, we call them overalls I don't know what you call them there they're like yeah we have overalls yeah they're usually like denim and they go over your shoulders and- yeah yeah so we wear them a lot for large animal work like protesting I love that concept because you just take it off and whatever you're wearing underneath is, is clean so Audrey came up with this idea well what about instead of overalls we make a jumpsuit overall. And then, you know, we then started adding little accessories. Like all of them have like a stethoscope holder. You can see in Audrey's. So when you put the stethoscope in there, they don't fall off. It just stays on your shoulder and you can put like your name tag and things like that on there. So all these little, it kind of just was like a really fun project. And then it turned into this. And now it's just, we absolutely love it. We wear it all the time. Yesterday was preg testing camels. So I had camel poo literally all down one side of me and I was filming on the same day and the producer had said to me could you bring a couple of scrubs I said to her no I just need the one and she goes oh no that won't work because sometimes we film it in reverse sometimes we will film we film your last scene first and your first scene last I was like it'll be fine it'll be fine anyway we did end up filming in reverse and I did get camel poo literally from my right arm which I was protesting all the way down to my ankles and diarrhea wasn't even like you know firm it was like that type that just slops yeah for people who don't know to preg check you have to put your whole arm up the poop chute yep yes your whole arm up to your shoulder is in the camel's rectum and what you're doing is you're feeling via the rectum the the uterus to see if there's a calf in there Um, and we were doing ultrasounds via rectum as well so it was a lot of rectum and a lot of poo so glamorous I mean why wouldn't anyone want to be covered in rectum poo (laughs) And it's not even poo that's been sitting in there for long enough to get firm. It's like literally watery poo. Anyway, I just hosed this thing off, wiped it all off. It was dry and I've filmed my my first scene as my last scene and no one will know that I did a rectal. They're great. They dry in 10 minutes. Like I'm wearing the, the jumpsuit now. I just put that in the wash before I came on and it was dry in 15 minutes and put it on. Wow. And it looks so good too. Yeah, we love it. I mean, I think it just sells itself. There's not really much more to say apart from, you know, there's key features and you just put it on and it is designed to look good. Like it makes any any woman look good, no matter what your shape and, you know, just putting it on my stuff. It looks great. It brings your waist in. I, I just I just love it. And because right now I'm going around to different practices and fitting all the stuff, you know, it's, it's just true validation of, of how great it looks and, and the response you get from people. 
So we've done so many sales in Australia. It's, it's, it's really surprised me how fast it's taken off. And I guess, you know, women especially, they just put it on and they love it. And I, we have got a men's range. The men's range is really nice too. You know, they're the standard scrubs, but they're also colored like these. And the men just love it. But, you know, I, I love fitting women that you just get a, a bigger response from them. <laughs> You guys, this has been so great. I have enjoyed talking to you guys immensely. Y'all are so funny. You're so beautiful. You're so just great. Thank y'all so, so much for coming on my show. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. And if you come to Australia, we are bringing you to the Kangaroo Sanctuary and Hospital. I'll give you a baby one back for a day. Oh, yay. Okay, well, this is happening. This is happening. I don't know how, but it's happening. <laughs> When the borders open up. Yeah, right. One day. Okay, so everybody, I'm going to need y'all to go get vaccinated and wear your mask so that I can go play with a baby wombat. Do it for me. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hi, this is Shay, and I want to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy, Cooking with Shay. I make vegan eating easy and fun. Check it out on Pet Candy TV. So if our listeners want to check out your show or your scrubs, where can they do that? What are the social media links? Our show is called Bondi Vet. It's on Instagram, Facebook. They also have their own YouTube channel. Um, and it airs in a couple of channels in the U.S. Don't ask me offhand, but it is over there. So just Google Bondi Vet. I think they're called the Pet Vet Dream Team in the U.S. Yeah, it's called the Pet Vet Dream Team on CBS. It's a B-O-N-D-I, Bondi, right? Yep, Bondi, like Bondi. And then our scrubs are called 21 Scrubs. Um, and that's just the 21scrubs.com or they're on Instagram and Facebook as well. But I take mine out for wash right now and put it on after this. <laughs> oh, it's um for for our US viewers, it's 21. So the number two, the number one, scrubs.com.au because that's Australian. Yep. You don't have to put the dot AU. I think it still is a, it also works if you put dot com. Our Instagram is again the number two, the number one, and then scrubs. And same with our face. Great. And we'll put it in the notes too. So yeah, at 21 Scrubs. So we'll, we'll put it in the notes too. So anybody, definitely go check them out. They look phenomenal. Oh, and what about the sanctuary? The sanctuary is called Possumwood Wildlife. You can see them on Facebook and Instagram. And if you look there, there'll be the link to the website, but Possumwood Wildlife in Bungendore. Yep. And Possumwood is one word, P-O-S-S-U-M-W-O-O-D, and then wildlife. Well, this has been a fantastic show. Thank you so much for joining me and thanks for listening. I love sharing these stories with you. If you've enjoyed the show, please hit that subscribe button. You can always find me on Bet Candy and TikTok at Death Lynch, D-E-S-K-W-E-N-C-H. Send me your crazy stories to thedesklynch at gmail.com. Until next time, make it a great day. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.